Hey Rick, would you like to coach more efficiently, be more athlete-centered, led by data, and get some awesome results? Oh, yes. All right, well then Coach Tools is the coaching platform for you. Coach Tools is a coaching platform with all the necessary coaching tools in one place, from planning sessions to caring about your people. It is an easy-to-use platform for coaches, head of coaches, managers, and directors with an athlete-centered approach. With efficient digital tools, you will save your time, improve the quality of your work, and enable you a way to succeed. Rick, why don't you go ahead and tell all the listeners all the benefits they'll get by signing up with Coach Tools? Well, first of all, you will be much more efficient with your practice planning because you can plan it within a couple of clicks. Then um, you can be proactive for your athlete overload with exertion follow-up. Um, what is also very, very beneficial, and that is actually my favorite part about Coach Tools, that you can build closer relationships and better trust with them and get and give feedback through an athlete-centered coaching approach. That's the hallmark of Coach Tools. Um, you understand much more better their moods, their expectations, their values and goals, because after every game, after every practice, they fill out the very, very simple questionnaire and communication is so, so easy. And you can set up cheats and you can set up all the goals and you can follow it up, you can follow it up very, very quick, easily. And then um, this is also very valuable benefit is you enhance the learning of your athletes. You can illustrate drills, content, uh, tactics with the drawing board and you can store it at all one place and you can access this all the time you can share it with your club you can share it with someone else with other coaches and then um, all the information are always available for athletes and the coaches just one click and it's very easy um, it's very easy designed on on top of this there are many many more valuable tools which you can explore when using coach tools yeah, so as Rick said, there's so much more that you can do with Coach Tools. And, and all of our listeners can get a 20% discount on their first year subscription. All you guys need to go is to go to www.coachtools.net. That's www.coachtools.net and click start free trial and just mention that we, we brought you there from the Coach of the podcast. All right. Let's jump into today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Coaches Road podcast presented by Coach Tools. Uh, this time around, it is just Rick and myself. Um, we're going to take the opportunity. We haven't had an episode with just the two of us in a while, so we're going to take it to opportunity to um, just chat with each other, catch up with how our experience in Norway has been so far, talk about the new seasons, new responsibilities that we have, uh, and talking about, you know, the upcoming season, what our plans are for the year uh, with our teams, and then, and then how we're kind of starting to realize the things that we're going to have to focus on with our athletes and, and how we're going to focus on those things. And, um, and yeah, just kind of a general catch up and I'm, I'm excited to chat a little bit today. Yes, I'm also very excited and I'm really, really happy that uh, we are doing this together in person here at the rink. I always feel that this is a very, uh, has gives a special feeling to the episode. Uh, and live episodes, as we are, have been always saying, are very, very fun. And uh, I think it's very cool that 
again that we are only living like a few minutes away from each other i just drove here 15 minutes and uh, now i'm in your hometown rank so it's uh, really really cool sitting at the table in your office having some coffee and uh, hopefully having a really good chat about everything so far here yeah i think it'll be really fun and, and it's been cool to experience that while hockey isn't the biggest sport in norway there's a lot of hockey really close by to us and um you know going to see some game later today in the fjord league and it's you know just a simple um tram ride away so it's it's easy to get to a lot of the rinks it's easy to go see some hockey and and it's easy to cooperate with each other work with each other and just meet up for you know coffee and, and chat about practices and things like that because we're we're so close so it makes it makes it easy and it's it's a really nice setup here yes. here in norway for sure um so Tell me a little bit, Rick, about, you know, your first few months in the country and, and working with your athletes, working with your clubs. How has everything been? Um, so I've, I mean, we started at the same time. You also started first of August. Mm -hmm. So uh, first weeks, of course, um, was <clears throat> a little bit of adjusting and um, getting to know just the surroundings here and uh, the rings and the routines and everything. Uh, but I think I'm since a few weeks over the adjusting phase so the routines definitely have started and um so from my side i have um, one team i have uh then i have morning ice with the kids from the school and mm -hmm. once it's in the morning once in the afternoon then i have academy ice and then i have um so first of all maybe i should clarify um i think i've said it before but i am employed by uh holman hockey and Frisk Askar, 60% mm -hmm. is Holman, 40% is Frisk. And I have duties in both rings for both clubs. And uh, in total, uh, I have 12 practices during the week, I think. And I have uh, one team in Holman and then uh, weekend responsibilities with games and everything around it. So, and I think it's um, so far what I really, really like because it's, Okay, when you are 12 times during the week, you definitely feel it in your body, but it's a really, really rewarding feeling because you get so, so, so much real experience. And yeah. I really enjoy that. And you can work so much. Or, I mean, you can, you can really enjoy it to be so much on the ice 12 yeah. times during the week. And uh, you can just do what you want to do the most. And um, I love working around hockey. Uh, I always wanted to work around hockey, and I'm very, very happy that uh, that we both are able to do this full time now, uh, working yeah. around hockey and uh, having having such a good having uh, such a good possibility with um, everything around it. Yeah, and you know, twelve times during the week it's a lot. Your your feet mm. must hurt by the end of the week, but it's a it's a good variety. I guess not just team yes. practices you're no. working with variety of levels variety of ages and, mm -hmm. and getting some good experience yes exactly so my main age group is u14 and then uh, the school hockey practices are really cool because i have u14 u15 and u16 practices so i think it's <clears throat> 8th 9th and 10th graders mm -hmm. and um and it's i'm it's really really cool that uh, because the kids they come Tuesdays we are from eight until eight fifty, and Thursdays we are from thirteen until forty fifty, and they come uh, 
straight from the school and this is this is like a subject in the school so they will also get marks on this and yeah. uh, i me and my colleague we have to mark them later so it's mm -hmm. uh it's uh that's uh it's really really cool it's i mean that's for them that it's part of their school and because it's part of the school instead of being four times on the ice they get to go six times on the ice for example yeah i have like i think five to eight players or something i don't remember 100 percent who are on that school ice so they have the possibility to go six times during the week on the ice uh, which i think is uh, beneficial of course now we have the autumn holiday and because we had a pretty uh, high training load and we had to camp now from sunday until wednesday we gave them now from Thursday until Sunday off, and next week uh, we're going full pace again. So it's mm. uh, really, really cool. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's a high training load for a lot of the kids. Not just because they just play hockey, but mm, that's true. Like all of the kids play, you know, something else or are active and something else as well. And um, it, it creates a lot of activity for the kids, mm. and it's it's good that there's a lot of kids getting a variety of activity, but then. Um, you know, there's some kids that are just in hockey and they're just doing hockey and they come to every, like for us, they come to every after school and they come to every practice and everything. And they end up being on the ice like eight or nine times a week. And that's the only way they move. So we're still trying to encourage like, you know, don't just play hockey, you know, right. go to off ice practices, go to, you know, play soccer with your friends, gymnastics, something how, like that. How many, um, kids do you have in your team that do at least two sports? Um, about yeah i don't know the exact numbers um at u12s we have i think all but like four or five mm. um play at least something else most mm. of the kids are in multiple things um at u15 i think we have four or five kids that are still playing something else mm. um at least so far like there's a lot of kids on my u15 team that are skiers so mm. um they'll start going to those practices and stuff as the winter comes closer and then mm. um a lot of golfers um and then a lot of a lot of football players well. so actually it's cool. way more than four and five it's like probably closer to 10 or 11 yeah. of them yeah well it's also golf golf is really cool yeah it's really really cool uh side spot next to hockey yeah um, yeah for some of them it's their hockey is their side sport yeah and yeah. golf is their main sport. oh yeah or this way yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh i mean for i mean uh, i have a lot of hockey players they also play golf mm -hmm. so it's a really really cool spot and i think i have in my team I have, um, I know a lot of them play football and some of them still play this season. Mm -hmm. A lot of them stopped before the beginning of the season because now they decided they want to concentrate more on hockey. But I think everyone in my team is still playing different sports and or is maybe has played different sports. And uh, I have twins in my team. That is really interesting. Mm -hmm. um, they're doing competitive bicycling. Okay. So especially from an endurance perspective that yeah. is super interesting because in one spot they use an aerobic system and the other spot they use the anaerobic system yeah but uh, you can still see when they come to the ice their bicycling season just ended mm -hmm. even though they couldn't attend so many ice sessions yet but they are they are physically they are really really in shape yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's still a lot of like sprinting and, yes. and intervals and cycling and yes. stuff like that I, don't, I mean i don't know much about the sport but no no i'm you know, there's the uphills and there's, there's got to be some sort of yes. anaerobic Super interesting. Even it's not as high or something. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's really interesting how the kids here are so involved with other things and and they're so busy all the time as mm -hmm. kids. And I remember 
like as a kid, I remember having a few free hours before going to hockey practice. And then yeah. um, at least when I was at U15, because I had um, I'd stopped playing other sports at that point. Um, but like just here, it's like they go from a couple of my guys go from karate to like wrestling to hockey to homework and then back to school the next morning. And it's, oh. it's really um, impressive how, how much oh. they do. And it's really good for them, I think, as well as. And as long as they're smart with taking, and most of the parents know it as well, like they need to, you know, they needed the day off here yeah. and there. So um, yeah, they find um, those opportunities yeah, for sure. That's really, really cool. Also, I've also some of my kids, they, because uh, the cool thing in Holman, there's directly the football next to the ice ring. Mm -hmm. So their football, let's say, I don't know the exact schedule now in my head, but sometimes their football training ends at 18. Mm -hmm. And at 18.30, we start off ice. So they go to football and they come straight to ice. Yeah. Or one of my players when we played our last game against Yeah, um, he was uh, he played hockey game, and two hours later he played a football game. <laughs> so uh, it's uh, that's that's a definitely a really really cool thing, and I also need to say based on what I've been experiencing so far, um, Norwegian kids are very 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 athletic, yeah. um, and it's very cool to see and. It's very cool to see their passion overall for sports. And yeah. uh, I have uh, some some very competitive kids in my sport, uh, in my, my sport, in my team, mm. uh, regardless of the sport. So um, it's it's also really cool that because of this they add so much more competitive thinking yeah. into yeah. their into what they want to do because they do so many different sports and uh, yeah. it's uh, really you see nice like the you see the development models for participation yeah. like coming to life mm -hmm. especially here in norway with a lot of the kids like you see what the power of sampling does at early ages and then um you know maybe narrowing it down to two or three sports around u14 u15 and then um you know yeah. it, it does it does wonders for um for the kids i think just mm -hmm. on the ice and off the ice and uh, and things like that so mm -hmm. it's it's really helpful for sure um so uh, now about you how has been uh, uh, your experience so far uh, yeah. with VR with arriving every and everything and uh, yeah. your overall how does your week look like and all these kind of things yeah so um you know it's i have nine sessions on the ice every week so it's um and that might be going up to 10 or 11 so mm. um that's kind of something that i I like, um, I'm on the ice a lot and with a lot of different age groups. So um, my main responsibilities for teams in the yeah. club are, are U15 and U12. Um, and then, uh, so that's, that accounts for five of my ice times every week. And then um, beyond that, I have after school programs um, on Monday and Thursday. And, and then I have um, I am going to be starting to help out with the, the girls U16 team um, as well during the week and, and things like that. So there's a lot of different things that I'm, um, I'm working on, a lot of different levels. Like one of my after schools is uh, U15 and U16 players, um, and that's part of their school day, similar to, to how your kids mm -hmm. have it worked out. Um, and then I have another after school for you. I think it's like U8 to U. 13 or something mm. like or u12 or something like that so um a lot of uh different 
different things to be in charge of. And then during the day where it's really cool here, like the office setup, we have a big um, conference table in a tiny little office. So there's four of us sitting around that pretty much all day and just um, practice planning for skating school or U7 to U10 and then, um, you know, practice planning and figuring out the schedules for U12, uh, U15, working with the other coaches responsible for U11, U13, U14, and U16, and then just making sure that everyone's getting the appropriate challenge and everyone's getting the appropriate opportunities and things like that. And there's some really interesting, like, how the child rules here in Norway are applying to U13 and below and the restrictions that that has on um, on playing up and playing games and things like that. So it, in a way, it makes it a lot um, easier for us because there's just there's just things we can't even discuss about because yeah. they're not allowed. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it helps quiet some of that down, but then it's also like making sure that the restrictions are followed and making sure that each kid is given an equal opportunity to, to be on the ice. And, um, you know, if one kid plays up, every kid has to be invited to play up mm. and things like that. So it's, it's good for the kids overall, but it, it's just, it is a lot more just making sure that that stuff is kind of followed yeah. in a way, which is pretty interesting. I think, uh, especially the, the office piece when you always can be here together in the office where we are sitting right now, it's a very, um, it's a very relaxing, mm. uh, first of all, atmosphere, uh, because you can just you can just come here and talk hockey yeah. the whole time yeah. about what has been happening or maybe you can address some issues if it's necessary and all these kind of things and you can um, you can talk to all your other colleagues uh, for example as we know that Quentin has been on our podcast twice and yeah. uh, and I think it's really really cool that the both of you can just be here every day together and can. Uh, exchange for example that's really really cool it's a really cool feature yeah and it's part of the appeal of of being here and, and coming here is just the the cooperation environment it's like mm -hmm. my my title is director for, for player development but it's like i don't do that alone um mm -hmm. so it's like the title um it doesn't mean too much because the four of us are sitting in here making all these decisions yeah. together um, and Rick, you can see it, um, but we have this giant list on yeah. the whiteboard of what we're covering every Monday. So we, every Monday we have our kind of just catch up meeting and, and we just sit around the corner or sit around the table for yes. two hours discussing all of the, all of the issues that came up over the last week or anything that we need to talk about, anything we need to um, change for the upcoming week or, um, just, you know, Hey, like I've got a game this mm -hmm. day, so I need someone to cover this practice or something oh, like that, which yeah. is something we should talk about because think, uh, the giant day games is giant board. Yeah. yeah the giant board is definitely needed for a lot of thoughts so it's yeah. uh, it's good that you have it here it's uh, i think that's also one of the it's a really cool thing to have a board because you can just throw a lot of things out there and then uh, you actually also you actually make sure that these kind of things they don't get forgotten because yeah. i know by myself so often i have a thought coming into my mind um and then and then you don't write it on the board, for example. Yeah. But now if you're like here in the office, you can be actually kind of forced to do it immediately. So that's yeah. really cool. Yeah. And it's like, I've worked at the club level before as mm. an intern back in the US, but it's like not, I wasn't involved in everything and, and to the extent that I'm involved here at the club level and just making sure that every piece of everything is taken care of. Like mm. 
that's why the working environment here is so nice is because we just have one room for everybody. So mm. like we're all working on separate things, but then like, Hey, I, I've got something. I just want to run by something, someone else. Like I'll just say like, Hey, like, what do you guys think about, you know, I'm thinking about this drill for tonight or this drill for the next couple of weeks or, um, you know, Hey, like we had these problems. So I'm thinking about this solution. Like, what do you guys think? Have you had this before? And, um, and it makes everything a lot easier because, it's like uh, we had someone on the podcast. Um, I think it was Wade Gilbert who said that like you have these kind of dry runs with ideas mm. um, where it's like, you know, it's like a, an empty, uh, not an empty test, but just a test where you, you float it by someone. Oh. And then that way you have some more confidence in it, that it's going to work that, oh. you know, you can believe in it and, and oh. dive in fully with it. Oh. So we experienced that a lot in this office and um, yeah. And, and for the meetings and everything, like for the whiteboard, like, I sit in a spot in the office where I can just turn around. I don't even have to get up and I can write down notes mm-hmm. on the whiteboard. So it's like um, most of the stuff on the Monday meeting is my stuff because I just think of it and I want to throw it on there. Um, but it's like, it's like a, it's a really good environment for, for working and developing as a coach for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's, it's a, it's a really cool place uh, every day when you can walk into the office and if you can uh, work with good people, it's the best yeah uh, feeling you can have yeah so yeah and i think uh if i had any like criticisms of my experience so far it's um it's the fact that we can play on the weekdays yeah like that's um that's something that is so silly for me like we have you at u15 we can play games on tuesday thursday and friday Mm. as well as saturday and sunday Mm. Mm. so it's like um like we had uh we had, there was a school strike in Norway a while ago, like a few weeks ago. And so none of the kids in my area had school. So like it would have been a fine time to play on a Tuesday night. Yeah. But then we had our first game of the series on Tuesday last week or a couple of weeks ago now. And, um, and on the way home, it was like 945 at night. We played um, an hour away. So the game got over around 9.30 or 9 o'clock. We were driving back um, around 9.30, 9.45. We found out that the school strike had ended and the kids had to get up and go to school the next morning. So they were mm. out because of a game on a Tuesday night until 10 o'clock. Mm. And then they had to get up and go to school the next mm. morning. The, I think for me the, um, the biggest concern with scheduling games for the weekdays is that overall you take the – practice time away and in my coaching I I need to say I really have passion for bench coaching Mm -hmm. uh, because I think you have a lot of influence with your actions on the bench sure but uh, the practice time is the most 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 valuable time of course and uh, if you have like four to six regular season games uh, during the week then uh, it takes your practice time away. For example, we play on one week, uh, two games during the week, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Yeah. So we practice Monday, Tuesday we play, Wednesday we don't practice. Yeah. Thursday we play and Friday we practice again. Yeah. So um, it's just that because uh, I definitely want with the practices we provide, I want that the players can develop. Mm. And uh, I also believe, of course, I believe that uh, you are also able to 
develop in the game because there's yeah. the transfer from practice to game. But at the end of the day, the most valuable time uh, is practice time. And I have also the strong thinking and even more now my coaching philosophy is that uh, practice is uh, absolutely everything. So, yeah. um, and I think for me, it's like, it's, it's putting the wrong emphasis on games. Like, mm -hmm. like as a federation, you, it, it's hard to say that, hey, we value practice, we value the player development, but we're going to make you miss up to two or three practices mm -hmm. every week because yeah. you have games. And now, yeah. luckily, like we play 22 games throughout the season. So, wow. with my, so in my team, we have an A and a C group at U15. And total, we played 10 games on the weekdays, which means we have 12, like, so we have 40, 43 games total, I think. Mm -hmm out of the both A and C group. So a fourth of our games are played on a Tuesday or Thursday or Friday night, mm. which doesn't seem like that much. But then that's, you know, on a Tuesday, they're missing an hour of practice. On a Thursday, mm. they're missing. Um, actually, we don't have Thursday practice, but then they're getting their rest day interrupted. Their rest, their rest is interrupted. Mm. Um, and then Friday, they're missing an hour and a half of practice, not to mention the off-ice practices mm. um, as well. So it's like, you're taking up so much practice time mm. to, to play games, which which games, I, I'm starting to turn around. The games are like, they're important for some of the motivation of the players. Yes. Like the players are motivated by the games for sure, but it's not the only thing that motivates the players. So mm. the taking that practice time away to, to input games when there's plenty of time on Saturday and Sunday mm. to, to play some games. Friday night is okay. Like if, if every once in a while you have a Friday night game, but it's really, really tough to, to say, you know, hey, we value practice. We, we want players to be practicing more, mm -hmm. but then taking away practice time because you need them to play on a Tuesday mm -hmm. night. It's, it's a little interesting. So, for example, what I had, um, it was the week before the, I think we, yeah, it was the week before the autumn holiday. Mm -hmm. And I told you we have those school practices. Yeah. And I have, like, uh, some players on there as well. So... First day we had school practice from 13.30 until 14.50. And um, in the evening we played a game against G. Mm -hmm. And the players came up to me and said, hey, we're not really motivated to go mm. on the ice. Does it actually make sense? Because mm. um, uh, they have to go because it's part of their school. Yeah, so they but, get a grade, but, yeah, but, 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 but then they have a game later that yeah, day. Yeah, but, but the thing is that uh, on that day, was uh, like kind of the last school day and um because there was a like a there was like some kind of school camp going on i was working there as well yeah and um so the school was over for them yeah so technically technically it was not the school day was over so they don't technically they don't have to be there anymore yeah. and they came up to me and said hey we need to rest before the game and all these kind of things and i said uh i said um I asked them what time is more valuable, the playing time or the practice time. Mm -hmm. It was a kind of long uh, argument with them. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, uh, all of them uh, showed up on the ice rink and mm -hmm. they were still able to play the game. And I was explaining them, okay, this week we're still going very high intensity, high training load. Next week there's the camp and then we have four days off, then you can rest. Yeah, but. It's a preseason game, yeah, and um, that also 
reminds me of uh, what Tobias Johansson said on our podcast that it's better to have a player who is a little bit tired mm. but had a good practice before that yeah instead of just having a rested player who didn't do something for his or her development yeah I agree. so and um, then we we practiced like the half of the time and I said because it was the last day before the holidays okay said so half the time we practice normally half of the time they play and then I after we practice did the normal part of the practice I went to them hey now it's your decision if you want to stay on the ice mm. or if you want to leave the ice because now if you want to rest it's totally okay because now we will play mm. for enjoyment and for passion mm. because it's the last week and uh, and then uh, then they stayed for like 10 more minutes and then they left and then <laughs> they rested and that's totally okay then for yeah, me but yeah. they still got 50 minutes of available practice time before a game yeah 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 and that's something that like the the practicing is so crucial but then mm. like there's so much value put on the games and, and that's what i mean like the the being able to play on weekdays just adds value to those game days in the wrong way mm. like games like they should be a way of measuring how well practice is working. You mm -hmm. know, like, like for example, here in Yara, we do month-long cycles of offense and defense. Yeah. So it's like in September, we worked on especially one-on-one -on -one defense or one-on-one mm -hmm. -on -one offense, right? Like how do we carry the puck? How do we, you know, be creative and make, up, um, make space for ourselves uh, with the puck and kind of open the door, as, mm -hmm. as again, Tobias Johansson said on our podcast. But um you know, like by the end of September, we weren't really um, passing the puck. Mm. A lot of the players were just keeping the puck mm. and trying to make moves and things like that, which frustrated a lot of um, coaches and things mm. when we didn't get the results um, in preseason games. But then if you look at it like, hey, look, a lot of our players have a lot more confidence with the puck. Mm. They're carrying the puck. They're trying to make moves. Like they're not always successful, but they mm. have the confidence to carry it. And then in October, we're going to focus on defense. But then in November, we're going to say like, okay, hey, now we have the confidence with the puck. Mm. Then let's let's explore how we turn that into playing more passes. How do we have confidence oh. making passes, catching passes, making space for the puck carrier oh. or off the puck movement and things like that. So it's like those things, like they build on each other. But, you know, like it's um, – it's like those are what the games are for like by the end of september no we weren't winning our preseason games but our players were doing what we were working on in practice mm. and that's what the games are for that's the value that they have but the the way that it's set up now it's 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 adding value in the wrong way mm. i think but we can talk also, about this for hours but yeah, go I ahead, also, yeah i also because i know that you had some preseason games you also went for a tournament to sweden so How's your overall season process going so far? How was the tournament in Sweden and all these kind of things? And yeah, it's been really, uh, really good in the way that I, it was. This tournament in Sweden was a really good opportunity for me to see all of the players oh. and to interact with all the players and get close to all the players. Like, of course, there were some players that couldn't go, unfortunately. Mm. So, still having to build relationship with them out otherwise, like mm. outside of that tournament, um, and making sure I set aside time to do that with them. Um, but the, the tournament in Sweden, it was, it was helpful in that. And it was helpful in just knowing where the team is at and what kind of the, um, the themes within our focus areas we can work on. Like for example, now in October, 
we have a we just had a holiday so we didn't have any practices um and next week when we come back we're going to start our defensive month mm. so then we're going to start focusing on role three the, the defending the puck carrier and role four defending the non-puck carrier and you know the preseason games as well as the practices and things like that have really opened up like what do we need to work on within those op, op, like within those focus areas like we have this broad focus area and then we have like kind of what each individual age group needs and then what to eat mm. what each individual player needs and and talking more about that and, um so it, it's been really really good in that way seeing them in the games and the amount of games we've played um the amount of practices we've had compared to games has been high which mm. is awesome um and so it's worked out really well so far in terms of that, like just getting to know the players on and off the ice mm. um, and what we need to focus on when it turns to each month. Mm. Um, so that part of the process has worked out well mm. uh, and it's been really fun. So I, I think so far so smooth. Mm. Yeah, what about you? Ah, first of all, it's uh, good. I also think that we also went for Sweden uh, for a preseason tournament. A lot of Norwegian went there. We went to Karlstad, to Nordic U, and I think uh, yeah, I was also there, but we were in different groups. Mm. And yeah, I actually did really, really good at this tournament. Um, yeah. And well, for me, this as also this tournament was a very good possibility to actually interact even more with the players. And uh, before this, uh, we also went to a small trip, um, like a like hiking hiking trip. So yeah. that, was, that was really good as yeah. well. So we did some activities there. And um, I want to do more things in the future as well. But I think uh, the tournament in Sweden was very important to actually start an overall team culture process. Mm. And um, it's it's um, you can talk about it a lot and all these kind of things. But then it's uh, very, very important that you try to take actions that help you to establish the culture that you want to have in your team. And yeah. um, it takes a lot of time yeah. um, and it takes everyday actions, I think. And um, I think the process is ongoing. And I am I think I can say that uh, the process of developing the culture has definitely started. Yeah. Um, the tournament in Sweden was uh, perfect for this. So in some some areas, it was also a little bit emotional roller coaster, but uh, I think now, um, because uh, of the players I have, they have very extreme emotions when they get goals against, when they score, yeah, when they here. win games, when they lose games, and uh, this area has been definitely improving. Yeah, and um, there are definitely uh, a lot of tools I try to use, and especially with these kids, uh, you see that how important it is to strengthen their mindset overall. Yeah. So uh, I work a lot with this also, uh, and uh, I think it's definitely ongoing. And uh, I think uh, one of the most powerful tools that I'm using over in my coaching is that I want to create experiences for them mm -hmm. um, that they can rely on. Mm -hmm. For example, when we played here, what I mean by my, what I mean by this is that when we played against Ja, we you guys were leading, I think, 3-1 or something, or 4-1, I don't remember. And I told them that, 
or it was three zero or three one maybe I don't remember one hundred percent but I told them that because when we were at Sweden we were down uh, one game three zero and we scored within forty five seconds I think four goals mm-hmm. uh, that was uh, pretty uh, insane and I told them that hey okay uh, yeah okay the and before every game we have a game plan and we establish our vision and all these kind of things and uh, the most important thing regardless of what's happening in the game and the outcome we, we follow the plan regardless mm-hmm. of what who's scoring when is when when a goal is happening and uh, I told them okay now it's uh, 3-1 but I now I want you to rely on your experience that you're capable to implement to convert scoring chances into goals yeah um and that you're able to score three goals within a short amount of time. And uh, they, at the end of the day, they um, succeeded at the positive outcome still. Yeah. Um, so I think building, I think building positive experiences are very, very important in both ways that you're able to deal with setbacks, but at the same time that you're able to um, play with a lead i don't want to let's say defending the lead because you still mm. want to you still want to play the same game um you still want to maximize your scoring chances uh, so playing with a lead i think uh, building both kind of experiences are very very important that's something i uh, set a lot of emphasis on yeah and it's like it's having that idea that learning how to lose and learning how to play while you're losing is, mm. is just as important as learning how to win and learning mm. how to play when you're winning. So mm. making sure that the kids don't identify with the result, but identify with, you know, like the, the positive things that happened in that game and remembering the positive side of the things, because, you know, like you're not, no one is going to win everything that they do inside and outside no. of sports. So, you have to learn how to lose and, and how to um, take something from a loss. And, and, you know, it's losing in the sport, but it's, and it's a negative experience outside. Like maybe, you know, one day yeah yeah have a bad performance at school, do bad on a test. How do you still learn from that rather than just saying like, hey, I'm a failure. I lost at this or I failed the test or whatever. Like teaching and, and helping kids understand that they're not the result that they got that day Mm. um and and making them you know like regardless of what that game is it's just the measuring stick to how good practice is working like okay Mm. and but then there's also some games especially here in norway i've realized like there's just some teams that you're not gonna beat. you know like you're not going to come close to and there's a few teams that are just stacked and, and it's just the way that it is. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, you still try your hardest, you still give your best effort. And, you know, sometimes that it's like that, uh, it's like the speech and miracle. It's like one out of 10 times. Yeah. You can, you can beat that team, but the other nine times are going to kind of, you know, beat mm-hmm. the crap out of you. So how do you, how do you still find something to take away from those experiences and, and what do you get them to focus on to, to keep those emotions in check and kind of redirect their energy a little yeah. bit and stuff yeah. like that. And, um, it's, uh, it's something we're working on as well. And, and you are, um, with my groups as well. It's just making sure that the, the energy is directed in, in good ways. Mm. Um, 
and not towards teammates, not towards officials, not towards opponents, but just towards positive um, directions. Mm. But it's it's tougher mm. than uh, it, it is to say. So mm. it's a process. Oh, I think it's a very very good experience at the same time. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. But it's just it's a tough experience. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't happen overnight. Is my no. point. No. Um. So what else are you like planning for the season like um like what what else do you feel like you're you're um that's different between now and, and seasons in the past like what is well, what are, think, are the emphasis that are different well i think uh, a big emphasis is that uh, i was always uh, following a lot of different i was always uh, i always like to listen to stories or watch documentaries about NHL players or all, all these different cultures and uh, but this season I really I'm I'm really establishing or trying to establish even stronger mm-hmm. my culture or the culture that I think is good for development for the kids uh, uh, very and I think as I said uh, that's definitely in the process so culture is a very very huge point uh, I think uh, such as for example being a good teammate establishing values explaining to them what it means and establishing a leadership group and we are in this process we have our, our values we just need to make clear that uh, what they mean to the yeah. kids uh, that's the biggest challenge to make them understand and uh, I wouldn't say that's a change in the philosophy but I think I uh, I work much more according to my vision mm. uh, this season, and uh, I still, um, of course, they are kids, but uh, I still try to have a professional aspect to everything. No, not I try. I want to have a professional aspect to everything, and mm. uh, uh, before the games, for example, everything I want that everything is clear as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And when they go on the ice, that they just concentrate on the game plan, but at the same time, that uh, they know that uh, they don't mess up on purpose, for example. Yeah. Um, I think, as I said, culture is very, very important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, as I said, because I have much higher exposure to practice uh, this season, mm-hmm. for example, I have. In one week, I have 12 practices, and I was calculating it for an entire season. I don't remember the number, but it's a huge number. Mm-hmm. And then when you go out on the ice by yourself, uh, you realize also how much more value is on practice versus games. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, it's 348. You just cut. I, was, I thought it was like 500, but I didn't want to just throw a number. So I'm 348 times during the season on on the bench, mm-hmm. uh, on the bench on the ice mm-hmm. and practice. And I'm maybe with tournaments and all these kind of things, uh, I'm maybe like let's say 35 to 40 times on the bench. So again, where's the where's the higher value yeah. for the players? And uh, I think also really making my players to understand how important practice is to for them. I think that's really important to me. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that that's a 
that's a huge piece of mine as well, like making sure that the value of practice is, is understood and, mm. and the way that we practice, the value in the way that we practice is understood. Like, like we don't, like we follow the recommendations from the, the Federation where it's like 40% of our practices and, and I'll say like even more than that for me are, are small area games. I would say I'm closer to 50, maybe 55% of my practices are, are small area games. And then um, it's, I think, 35% is supposed to be like technical skills. Um, and for me, that doesn't mean closed technical skills. Like we'll do maybe um, for every, like on Mondays, for example, we do four or five stations. Maybe one of those is closed. Mm. Um, the other are, are open and working on open technical skills and things like that, um, or working on technical skills in an open way. And then um, there's 15% position practice, but it, it's emphasizing that there's just skills that when you're playing as a defender you need and when you're playing as a forward you need but kids should still be doing both mm -hmm. um especially in practice like they can have a main position in, in games but um they should still have opportunities to play both and then 10 percent is kind of this this team play which i think it's misinterpreted into systems but it's mm -hmm. more like playing as a team understanding mm -hmm. team play principles invasion game principles and, and things like that just making sure that the game is understood fully um and for us we follow the the principles from the federation of like always forward always pressure mm. and dare to play like that's kind of our playbook in a mm. way um and always forward just means when we get the puck we go on offense when we when no. we don't have the puck we always pressure right away we don't hesitate there's no passive moments on defense oh. Um, and then dare to play is just always taking chances, always trying to push the game forward, yeah. push the game up um, and raise the tempo and, and just be creative with the teammates mm. and things like that that we have on the ice. So that's what we, we feel like is team play. And so emphasizing the value of the way that we practice and the value of the small area games and mm. how they translate to the big ice. And, and really like the, the biggest change for me is just making sure that the, because in Finland, it, it like, it was a little bit tougher for me to explain things because of the language barrier, but it was also a little bit more understood in Finland by the kids, like the small area games. Mm. I felt like the, the kids there, they, they were very used to small area games, you mm. know, they're um, that's all they practice and mm. things like that up until a certain age. And um, here it's like, there's a, it's not all small area games for the kids. Like they, they, they're pushing for, you know, five on five, and it's not coming from the kids, it's coming more from mm -hmm. the adults, but you know, they're pushing for five on five, pushing for power play systems, pushing for breakout systems and, and things that don't really exist in hockey anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, making sure that the players truly understand like, hey, we're playing a four on two game today. Mm -hmm. What does what does that translate to in the game? Mm -hmm. You know, it translates to a power play, it translates to, um, you know, just having extra time and space on the ice. and. And for me, I had a conversation a, a few weeks ago about like why we don't teach power play at our club. And it's like if you think about like we we saw a game, a saw, we saw a game the other night that the one of the teams clearly practiced their power play, and it was so confusing for them when they got pressured and when they got you know when they couldn't do what they practiced, they fell apart. Mm. So you know, bringing that example and saying that like we want our kids to be comfortable 
no matter what the opponent does mm. when they have an extra guy on the ice. And one way to do that is not to teach them one specific way to play on the power play. And mm. if you think about it, like, and then I, I sat down and I did the math, like, if you teach for one hour, if you teach power play to a group of 14 year olds, mm. that's all they're going to do. Mm. And because they know that the coaches will give them shit if they don't. Mm. So they're always going to try to do that one thing you worked on for an hour. Mm. But then every power play for the rest of the season, which let's say you just, which is a really low number and you 15 hockey, mm. like let's say you have 40 power plays in 20 games. Like mm. it's probably going to be closer to like 60 or maybe even 80 mm. power plays. Yeah. So, but let's say you only get 40. Mm. That's 80 minutes of ice time. Mm where the kids aren't being creative. Mm. They're doing things that they're told to do. They're doing things that they have to do. They feel like mm. they have to do. And so they're not thinking and they're not, they're not just playing that. And, but then when they get pressured, um, they're just going to fall apart. Mm. They're not going to know what to do. Mm. So that's one reason, like we don't want to take time mm. to teach specific power play, specific breakouts, mm. because it's like when the other team does something that works against it mm. purposefully or not, we're going to fall apart. Mm. Plus how many moments in a game are you breaking out where if you feel like you have to do what coach is telling you to do, you're not thinking, mm. you're not being creative. And then on the power play, that's 80 minutes of non-creative time mm. where the power play is like, Hey, we have two minutes where we have more time with the puck. Mm. We have one guy that's always going to be open at least. Mm. And we have plenty of space. Mm. Let's be more creative. Mm. You know, let's let's box them in less. Let's mm. say like, hey, do what you want to do. Mm. Control the puck, pass the puck, get shots on net. Like there's mm. principles to a power play that you can teach and say like, mm. you want to get good shot opportunities. You want to be taking advantage of odd man situations. Mm. You want to be kind of pressuring towards the net and always being a threat to shoot, to score, to pass, whatever. But, you know, there's not like if you take away and it's it seems harmless right like an hour of working on the power play but then you you spill that over and now you've got an hour and a half to two hours of game time mm. that you're taking away from the kids mm. and that like i got really into it because it's like i got really like defensive on why we don't teach these things because when you when you sit down and do the math you're you're just subtracting hour after hour after hour of creativity from the mm, kids mm. and that's brutal so mm. i don't know where i started at this rant but no i'm now here so oh yeah so just making sure that like hey we're playing a four on two small area game like this is valuable for this way like be creative make mm. plays get pucks on net and it'll translate to the power play mm. when we're in game. Mm. you know so like that's one thing that's really changed for me on my philosophy is um making sure that the value of what we do on the ice and everything that we do on the ice is clear for the players when they get to the game. Mm. And mm. I think that's a, a big thing. Yeah. And I think uh, what was really good is that you were mentioning Finland here because mm. I had this also in my mind uh, when I drove to the rink. I'm so extremely thankful for adding the possibility to be four years in Finland and uh, getting to know the hockey culture and working there with the people yeah. because uh, it helps so much and it gives you such a good example of uh, how practices can look like and yeah. it gives you such a good example how how a good hockey culture can look like and as i said again um, here we are close to the oslo area so yeah. we also have uh, a lot of hockey but if i think about finland the entire country 
So it's uh, I'm extremely thankful for this experience, and it definitely helps, and um, it helps a lot, like really, really a lot. And you were mentioning that um, you you about the position position based or non specific position based practice. Let's turn it however yeah. you want to turn it. Um, do you have set positions for your players in the games, or do you rotate? Uh, the, it's more that the players have set positions for themselves. So like one of the weird things about coming into, or not weird, but just one of the things coming into this group is like they've played together for seven years and mm -hmm. they've played um, with the same, like same, just same group and same way for seven years. So they've had positions for a long time and, mm -hmm. and there's kids that are very adamant about not playing other positions and, mm -hmm. and very stressed when they play other positions. Mm -hmm. and, and so, I am going to like, of course, now they can start having their main position, the position they want to pursue, mm. but I'm still going to be putting them in uncomfortable situations and mm. games because that's what they need, you know, mm. and, 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 but it's going to be a lot of conversations about like, look, Hey, I know you're a winger, mm. but today you're playing defense because mm. it will help you be a better winger because you can start to learn about defensive oh. um, positioning when you're in when you're defending the puck carrier when you're oh. um you know when you're in the defensive zone yeah. whatever like just making sure you're always covering the right guy and oh. always making sure that you're in the right spot defensively for your guy um so it's it's they have their positions that they're pursuing mm. long term mm. um and that's great but then we'll still put them a few times in a position that's oh. uncomfortable for them oh. um and it'll be different for each kid how many times they get to be in uh, you know a different position or oh. what position is different and things like that. But um, oh. yeah, it'll definitely happen. Yeah, we had a because uh, recently we had the parent meeting and I made um, I gave the information that uh, every player would play every position and mm. I've explained all the players already when we went to our trip that this is going to happen and yeah. emphasized it several times and. Uh, now everyone knows and it's very clear that uh, every player plays every position but i also told them when we for example go for cups because also when i think about the cup we went first in karlstad in sweden it was a pretty competitive cup and now when we go in january to Gothenburg, it's also going to be a competitive puck, mm. uh, puck. <laughs> competitive puck a competitive uh no cup yeah competitive yeah. cup um and these tournaments are great for them also giving the experience how it's for example a tournament process yeah. let's say for example you're with a national team and uh you you play a tournament you have like in six days five games or something it just mm. goes bam 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 and uh for example that's why i made the rule that during the regular season games everyone play every different position but when we go for cups uh I put you in the place where you feel the most comfortable. Yeah. So we can really go through a tournament process. Yeah. Uh, in, in regular season games, uh, there's sometimes a week break in between. Yeah. So, and uh, I also don't have uh, for the regular season games like set lines or this is the line for the whole time or anything. It's uh, every player will play every position and uh, what one thing that is very very good we have uh, one parent in our team who's always on the bench who's uh, 
he's uh, has a, a sports psychology background, so mm. he's really helping a lot. And um, the kids kind of because before the last before one of our preseason games, the first game I was explaining previously, he went into the locker room and talked with them, and uh, they said if we play like this, they would be very happy if at least, uh, for example, if we have a defenseman, if there at least would be one player who has a bit more experience already and one a bit unexperienced, so that there's a balance. So. Mm -hmm. And then I think uh, then this way you can also um, consider the fault of your athletes. And uh, of course, I try to set up uh, the things that they can still that they are uncomfortable. That it's uh, not the most comfortable thing for them. Yeah, playing not the used position, but at the same time, I try to consider their perspective on it. Yeah, but uh, every player will play every position and. Uh, so far, it's working, and um, and I think it's again, it's very important. And we had the meeting and uh, explained clearly why. And also, one reason I said that uh, it doesn't matter if you, let's say, in no Norwegian, they said back if you play as a defender mm -hmm. or as a forward, the principles if you defend or attack are pretty much the same. The principles in the defensive zone, offensive zone. Are pretty much the same if you are if you have the puck or if you don't have the puck. Yeah. So um, and now the players they understand, and they will be informed early enough so they can be prepared a little bit mentally, which position they play the game. So I try to inform them like one day before, so they kind of know. And that's also something that I took away from last season because. They're still kids and uh, they're very excited about the games. And if you start to discuss the lines on the game days, then it's um, it's a bit uh, then you create unnecessary yeah un unnecessary tension and unnecessary um, nervousness. So yeah. it's just something uh, you can avoid, I think. Yeah, I think so as well. And I, I think like um, I've told the kids like if they come to me and say like. You know, like if they feel like they want to be in a different position, that's fine. Um, we can come and chat about it. But if I put you in that position, then you're staying there for at least the first two periods. And then mm. at the at the end of the second, like if you want to change and you feel um, like you have a, a good reason other than just like I'm uncomfortable, mm. then we can have a conversation about it and mm. we can make a change. But it's not just it's like if the only reason is like I want to go back to my normal position, then it won't it won't change. Yeah. I think. So a lot of the kids have, I think, bought into that. Um, and that's what I tell them because then that way they feel like they can think about it and, and then like really be starting to think like, okay, well, it's not really that different. It's mm -hmm. really, you know, it's, it's kind of the same thing. I'm not really that, you know, like I'd be more comfortable back in, you know, playing wing or whatever, but it's not the end of the world that I'm mm -hmm. here playing mm -hmm. defense or mm -hmm. here playing center or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so, I yeah. Think, uh... Uh, good. I think it's a very fun conversation so far. But yeah. I think uh, one time we should definitely still attack because it's uh, very exciting. I think we can just take two minutes to yeah. discuss it shortly. Uh, because we have a very nice TV sitting in front of us, and there's one note: uh, How are we attacking game understanding? So yeah. If you still you want to take two minutes to talk about that? <laughs> that could be a whole other yes, episode. Yes, I know that could be a whole other episode. Um, but is there anything specific uh, yeah. to do to attack game understanding? For sure. I mean, the one way to really know the game is to watch the game. And mm. kids here don't really watch the That's game. That's true. So one thing we're doing is these like, kind of hockey homeworks. Mm. And after over every holiday break, because we're very 
Um, we don't practice during the holiday breaks um, and there's only a few games. So um, we're going to have these kind of PowerPoints with different video clips mm. of, you know, maybe it's power play, maybe it's defensive zone, uh, zone entries, whatever it is. This last one for this last holiday, we had defensive zone. Um, we had power play and then we had our always press principle. Yeah. Um, so we had about five minutes of video and we just asked a bunch of questions to the kids and asked them to respond and, and tell us what they thought and tell us what they saw. So you have a meeting with them after they come from the holidays or how does it work? Um, well, we have a video meeting every month as well, where we, okay. we do kind of a game understanding um, video meeting where the coaches are not allowed to say what they see. Oh. They can only ask questions to oh. the kids. Um, and so we just sit there and we go over video for 30 to 45 minutes and, and it's just a it's a player-led conversation so they they can take the reins and, and tell everyone what they see and but how does the um, homework thing work for example if i'm a player and i'm on holiday yeah no. so they respond and they respond on padlet and so oh. everyone can see their responses and then um we'll have like a brief recap session before practice on monday all right okay and that takes then five minutes or something yeah. to yeah, but that's uh, really, really cool to keep it uh, short and simple. It's just encouraging them to watch much, much, much more hockey. Yeah, and it's also it's a good way to show some examples. Like we also did, um, so we did two sections. We did a mm. hockey section and we did a teammate section. So mm. we had some videos of famous athletes and famous coaching coaches talk about mm. the importance of being positive, being supportive, mm. um, and being a responsible teammate. So, um, yeah. Yeah. It was a it was a good way to, I think, share a lot of our thoughts with the kids. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. And I I meant the point that how I'm attacking it this season is uh, because, as you said as well here, they don't do not watch a lot of hockey. No. Um, and even if you see the kids at the rink, they uh, they play more or mm -hmm. um, they don't follow the game so much. Yeah. Sometimes, um, but uh, I encourage them a lot to watch hockey for example when we had the parent meeting i told them that um all the time i see there's a good game going on i make a post in the facebook group where the parents mm -hmm. are and uh, that they just are conscious about it and something else i do is just we have, we have a whatsapp group uh throwing here and there like a video clip in there yeah. uh, i was showing it yesterday too actually i still yeah. received quite many responses at the end of the day yeah so that is good and um and then uh still talking with them before every game we just shortly debrief our game plan and just so we have something that we have been establishing mm -hmm. a long time ago mm -hmm. and then maybe the topic that we are practicing so what have we been establishing plus what is maybe the main focus yeah from the last week of practice yeah and this is going to be then the main emphasis in the game but at the same time what we have been establishing uh, supposed to be remembered. Mm. And it's very, very short. It's just five minutes maximum in the yeah. locker room before yeah. the game. Yeah, so, um, yeah. and then uh, still, uh, I think things like you do is uh, really, really good and uh, really making them conscious that what are we working on right now and why are we working on it? So, yeah. but I think we can definitely talk about this another time because it's a really cool topic. Yeah, I think so as well. With other people probably as well. Yeah, we can have another conference room breakdown about yes. how we're how we're developing hockey sense and stuff like that. So 
But yeah. um, thanks for the conversation. It was yeah. uh, very fun to drive up here, and I'm very excited to go with the game to you now. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was very, very fun. And uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and thank you everybody for, for listening up until this point, and, and we appreciate all the support as always. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks with another episode of Coaches Work Podcast. All right. Thanks. Bye.